Coming to you from a super secret lair somewhere in the United States, it's time for Clownfish Radio. Covering comics, movies, TV, games, and nerd culture. This podcast is like a veritable pinata of geekiness. So get your ball bats ready and assume your favorite position. Buckle up, buttercup. Clownfish Radio is on the air. Ready or not, here they come. Here are your hosts, Tom and Cambria Pratt. Welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Tom Pratt, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Cambria Pratt, and I remembered her name. Yay! This, so, so the new intro. The new intro, yeah. If, if you haven't heard the new intro yet, you're probably wondering about it. Um, we're sort of rebranding the podcast as a more general geek news podcast. Yes, even though today we're still going to talk, talk about, about comics. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be more general. Yeah, so we're going to be doing some new things this year, and and uh, you know the podcasting has been a lot of fun. So we want to kind of take that, I guess, to the next level. And we're on a new host now. We are with a new host, so uh, shout out to them. Hello, Acast, and uh, yeah. So we are going to talk a little bit about comics this week. Surprise! Comics! (laughs) I know. But uh, actually, we're going to talk about Sesame Street. Yep. And how it relates to uh, comics or or geek projects or or anything like that. Um, So, Cam, do you want to talk about Big Bird? Well, I was actually going to talk about Elmo. I was going to say Elmo loves you, but that's not our story entirely. Elmo loves a lot of people. Well, that's a completely different story. That's a completely different story. Not the new Elmo. The new Elmo doesn't. Okay. yeah, so we're going to talk today about the fact that uh, I'm sure most of you have known that uh, I think if did it air already, if it isn't, yeah, the, it's gonna, the new Sesame Street. Yeah, I I don't know. It's sometime we're this advertising month. It. Sometimes sometime this month, what happened was Sesame Street has gone to HBO, and HBO will air it this month, all new episodes. And if you want to watch the new episodes now, you have to buy HBO, and then come September they'll air those episodes for free on PBS. And, so and people aren't happy. And you're like, what does this have to do with comics? Or, or oh, I think yeah. it's pretty clear. I, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I think I think the point of this being uh, people were upset, but the reason that Sesame Street is going to HBO is so they can afford to make more Sesame Street. Right. Because honestly, this probably make people mad, but the whole beg, 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 give me, give me, give me model is not going to work anymore. No, I think there there are a lot of people asking for money and entertainment is is changing, and uh, you know the PBS fund drives just uh, apparently they're not working as well as they used to. So. No, and you do have some people who will always be supportive, yeah. will always give you help, but that's not the case. And I don't even equate this. I'm equating this more to like donation buttons and things like that. I'm not even going to say it's like a Patreon or anything because you usually on there you give them the episodes early, so it's that's more like an HBO, right? So I'm, I'm talking more like tip jars and donations. Well, I think that, and I think it's just the the expectation that oh, it's free. Somebody else is going to always pay for your entertainment, mm. and it will always be free. So people are angry um, because Sesame Street. Well, new Sesame. I mean, Sesame Street is still on PBS. It's right, just, right. They didn't, they didn't take it off. Right, but the new episodes. Uh, 
and they will be free. You're just not going to get them as soon as you have to wait until September instead of January. So yeah, what's going on is uh, they got tired of begging for money all the time, which I'm still I'm, I'm sure they're still going to beg for money for to keep the to to, operate the PBS right stations, to keep yeah. them on in general. But to make new ones, it wasn't cost effective to just de- depend on donations. No. So they made a deal with HBO. And mm-hmm. HBO, of course, was like, "Heck yeah, you can come over here. We'll yeah. pay for it. We'll pay for it. We'll do better stuff, but it's here for free first. Mm-hmm. Can't blame them for that. If you're paying no. for it, no, then and this is another thing we'll talk about in comics here in a minute too. But if you're paying for it, then you should get it first, right? And I mean, they have investors to answer to things like that, and they're they're footing the bill. People were upset because they said that it started out and it did as programming for low income mm-hmm. children because it's children couldn't afford to go to preschool mm. so they're like it's a you know it slaps in the face of what pb or what pbs and sesame street meant what do you think um i mean i understand where sesame street came from i mean i, I grew up watching sesame so street I. back in the you know early 80s and it, i mean it was a, it was a very different show than it is now yeah i mean i'll be honest it, it was targeted originally toward inner city kids which is why they had you know it set in an urban setting mm-hmm. and, and they dealt with issues that those kids might face right like, right yeah. and that was a that was a good thing mm. um but then at some point and maybe it's the elmo factor it it changed it became more of a, a commercial thing yeah it became about selling dolls and mm-hmm. you know elmo t-shirts and oh, sesame gosh, I remember place the first and tickle, tickle me, me elmo, elmo. yes yeah. and then the one santa one guy dressed as santa got completely beat the crap going yeah. people trying to find tickle me elmo yes but i mean the show is what 45 50 years old now i mean it's been it's around, older than us it's older than we are and you know not times, how old we are but no but i mean and you gotta realize when sesame street first came on the air it was like you had your three broadcast stations and you had pbs and that was it. And those were stations that you got via antenna. And it was yeah, free. Yeah, so they made sure they put it somewhere that every child could have access, which I get. And that was a good plan. I don't disagree. And they're still doing that. You, every child can still get access, just, just not the new episodes yet. But, I mean, this comes after. Now, I don't know the whole story behind it, but I do remember a few years ago, uh, you know, some people from Sesame Street going to Congress and basically asking for more funding mm-hmm. for PBS. And I, I think this was basically, this wasn't a cash grab. This was a latch, last-ditch effort mm-hmm. to try and keep Sesame Street free because it's still yeah. going to be free. But, I mean, a show like this with, you know, your actors and your production costs and your puppets and all, I mean, it's, it's not an inexpensive show to produce. No, and you notice how people expect them to get paid. They don't think they should work for free like they <laughs> deal with comics. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying because people, you know, if you, you have a free comic, they want more of their free. Why isn't my free here fast enough? Where's my free? Yeah. And I think with PBS, and that, that's something else to bring up too about that whole, oh, so many people support you. Okay, yes, PBS is watched by millions of kids and they have different PBS versions, I mean Sesame Street, different versions of Sesame Street worldwide. They still didn't have enough money. They had to go to HBO to make a deal to pay for it. Yeah, and even then they're not they're not producing, I mean, they, they really cut back on the production they used to do. I mean, Sesame Street, when we were kids, it was like a new episode almost every day. Yeah, it was a lot. And now I've noticed, I mean, like when our kids were watching it, it was a lot of reruns because they would only produce like 20 episodes a season versus like, you know, 50, 60 episodes mm-hmm. a season. Uh, because it used to be almost like a soap opera. It was on every day right. and they had different, you know, they'd use the same cartoon segments over and over and over again, but they'd have like different live action segments. Right. And it was a very different uh, kind of a thing. And now it's like they produce their, you know, 13, 26 episodes or whatever a season. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot less of Sesame Street anyway. And I mean, we're going from there being a lot less of Sesame Street to 
the possibility of there not being any Sesame Street at all. So yes, I but th- now there is because HBO stepped right. in, and it's and and people are mad because HBO, they're like, oh, you're just you know keeping it to yourself and making people pay. People can't afford this. It's made for kids from low income. No, they're still going to put the episodes for free. Yeah. It's just not going to be as fast as you want, and you can't blame them for that. They're stepping in. They're putting the bill for everything. Yeah. And they have investors they have the answer to, and it's a business. Right. They cannot expect people to just be like, yeah, give it to me for free. Yeah. But it's just that mentality, and it's like anything else, where you you give something away for free long enough, and then you start charging for it. And there is backlash. I mean, I remember um, when they first started charging for Hulu, Mm -hmm. people were up in arms. They're like, how dare you charge for Hulu? I'm like, well, basically, you got like a year or two free trial of what the service was going to be about. See, I just don't get that. Same with comics. I don't get that. It's like, you've been getting it for free all this time, and it's not free. It does, it's not free to make. Those no. creators have to spend all the time making things. You have to ha- pay for the website, pay for hosting. In our case, we had hosting that was hundreds of dollars, so we mm. found a new host. Mm. You have to pay for, you know, advertising, books, conventions, everything. It's not free. No, but people don't. I don't think the average consumer sees that. I think the average consumer sees... Um, oh, hey, that didn't. That was what an hour with puppets. That couldn't have cost very much. But that you know, one episode of Sesame Street is probably millions of dollars. Well, not just that. I mean, those puppeteers yeah. take years oh, of training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like oh, I'm just going to put a puppet on my hand and go and you know make a bunch of money on Sesame Street. It right. doesn't work that way. Right, and then they've got the animators. They've got uh, I know they have uh, educational staff that are. Well, yeah, you, know, you have to have people that are trained, like teachers, in, yeah. you know, to make sure that the lessons are you know well, viable. Some and, people feel that teachers are overpaid babysitters, so. It's probably the Do you same. want slap? It's if you're probably. a person who thinks that, you and I need to talk because I got some <laughs> choice words for you um, as a teacher. But um, it, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, people are upset. And I can understand on some level why they're upset. But the, the, the flip side is, what did you expect? Because even PBS isn't free. You might be watching for free, but they're constantly having drives to raise money for PBS. So somebody else is paying for your kids to get free. We've paid for other people's kids to get free because we've paid PBS before. Oh, we, we, yeah, we used to do the, the we actually, we do the Sesame Street donation. We give them like a hundred bucks and we get the Grover backpack or whatever. Yeah, because our son just loves Sesame Street. Yeah, daughter and, wasn't too into it, but our son loved it. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, it stayed on the air. And, and we get that being creators and knowing what things cost that, like, it's not free. And that's even with, um, you know, some backlash over um, anime. You know, mm-hmm. anime fans are, you know, sort of, you know, I don't know the whole story, but I, I think there was sort of a, uh, 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 a reason why some of these anime companies went under was because everyone expected the anime to be free and to stream the anime for free and to you know and they were but they still had to subs- pay to have the you know the subtitles right. they had to pay to have the license to do it but then people were complaining like well I can stream it for free why would I pay twenty six bucks for a DVD I'm like well because there's a lot going on you know and now there's well back then you couldn't stream for free back then no. when they were that expensive a DVD you couldn't no. I mean I could see if they had services you could subscribe to like a Netflix or Hulu you know that you could. Mm you know, get stuff. I, I can see that. Cause I think a lot of times like Crunchyroll and stuff like that, they'll, they have it on there and you can watch it, but yeah. they're, they're, they're supplemented by commercials. Right. So it's still not free. No, somebody's free. paying for it. Nothing is free. And that's like, YouTube I mean, commercials, nothing is free. I mean, geez, even anime, like one episode of an anime, I know costs between 150 to $200,000. Yes. We have a reasons for knowing these to, things to produce. <laughs> we know, we know we, yeah. we've been looking into things. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, nothing is free and it's people, I mean, they expect, I, I think the internet has sort of hastened that, that expectation. I think it's that, always been like that. It's because like, PBS was, it was all free when we were kids, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it, it's more, uh, instant gratification. Yeah. World right now. And everybody wants it now. And why do you, why do you think, you know, um, 
so many uh, television stations, broadcast stations are relying on uh, reality TV because it's cheaper to shoot a reality TV show than it is to. And you get the same amount of money for commercials or more. Right. And you get the, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's it's just kind of crazy that, that just people don't understand what things cost. And and I guess. I remember, I, I remember before reality TV. Remember before they had the yeah, reality I remember shows? I remember, and when, I remember the first season of The Real World coming on when I was in school and thinking, wow, that's, you know. Well, you you went out for The Real World. <laughs> yeah, you brought that up. But yeah. You mentioned Real World. I, I did. I actually, this is this is, this is is the true story. The true story is I was almost oh, on, I, I was almost on season three of The Real World. I was, I was down to like the last couple dozen people and I, I couldn't make it because because um, I was actually moving to San Francisco, San Francisco area at the time, right out of high school. And I couldn't make it because I was like a month too young. To yeah, that's right. You, so yeah. I wound up disqualified because I was too young. And, you know, we were talking, you know, I was talking to people and and, and then they were just like, oh, you're going to miss the cutoff. So instead they, they got um, uh, Judd Winnick, who's a comics writer now, was on that season. See, it could have been you. No, they wouldn't have put two cartoonists on. I don't think. Well, no, I mean, it might have been you instead. Never mind. <laughs> but I would have had to live with Puck, and he was. If you I saw never. His, I, okay. I saw a part. If you of saw that, that show, season, but... he was like the rudest, crudest dude. He was a like a, a bike messenger or something, and was just he was a not a very nice human being, from what I understand, and and that would have been pretty terrible. But yeah, that's my. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to picture what you would do. Anyway, I'd probably punch him. I, I don't think I, I would I be would. as civil as is the rest of the <laughs> people in the house were. Not when you were younger. Not no. when I was younger. I was. I was. I was trouble. So, um, yeah, that's my 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 near brush with <laughs> the real world. But anyway, back to the, anyway. yeah. That, that's the first reality shows I kind of remember was like. Well, that was shows. kind of it. Like, I mean, before that, they had they had movies. They would do documentaries and stuff like that. Well, but yeah, but that's as, not the same thing. No, as far as a, like a straight up reality show, I think the real world was probably. That's the first, the first one, one I ever remember. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, we completely about. detoured. So how, what does this have to do with comics? And I think, you know, there, there's uh, uh, going around the Internet. If you follow comics, there uh, has been uh, I believe it's called the fair page rates. Oh, yeah. That's the um, thing we're talking about. Yeah. It's being published right now, we're, we're, which is interesting because up until recently, most comics creators kept their page rates like super top secret. Yeah, like, most not, well, not even just comics creators. I mean, just webcomic people, too. They don't talk numbers like no. nobody will talk except for us because we, yeah. we don't know how to keep our mouth <laughs> shut. But nobody, nobody. Nobody will talk. Well, anyway. I think I think it's just greater transparency when you see things like Patreon and Kickstarter that you kind of show. Yeah, that you know, people can see how yeah. much stuff costs, and then they can break it down for you. Like, okay, well, yeah, I know I made you know twenty five thousand dollars, but twenty two thousand of that's going to go just in producing right. stuff, and then I got taxes, so I'm actually out money. You know, um, so I think people are starting to get a better understanding of what stuff costs. But but anyway, the, the fair page rates are going around, and there's been a lot of talk about how underpaid comics artists are mm -hmm. and there there are two sides of that i do think sometimes comic artists are criminally underpaid but you know you start to look at what the profit margins are in these comic books and it's not very high and really you know i mean they're saying the smaller publishers have to sell like 30 40 titles a month with like a barely a thousand dollar profit margin just to pay salaries you mm -hmm. know and pay their people so you know, and that's with a three ninety nine cover price because you know Diamond's taking like half of their money, sixty percent. Yeah, so that's like wow, and um, that's a whole nother. Yeah, discussion. still don't know they why even, they're around. Honestly. Are they even necessary now? But apparently they still are for the direct market. So direct market comics, there's not really a whole lot of numbers or a whole lot of uh, money 
money in them and and so you know the page rates that artists are getting even though it's criminally criminally low and even though you probably could make more money working at walmart that's probably about as good as you're gonna you're do not, if you work at walmart you're not in the bookshelves though you're, no. you're, not, you're on the shelves at your well, favorite comic shop that's that's the thing too and i think a lot of people um work for next to nothing because they just want the they just want to be in comics they want to be in print yes, so bad then you have to reevaluate you, know you have I mean? to start re-examining your life choices and be like is this what you want to do because there, there is a slim 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 possibility that you might maybe possibly work on a book that maybe possibly becomes a, a movie or a game or something but but let's be honest though with those kind of books unless it's your own title you're not getting you, anything you're not gonna get you're not gonna gain money anyway yeah. i mean if it's your own title and that you're they bought it they're distributing it for you and you're mm -hmm. working with you and you're you know the owner of the title and they're publishing it yeah you might have something but if you're somebody that's working on another title for somebody else right that's what you get you know you're not going to be getting anything else you're not going to get a say in the movie deal you're not going to get royalties off a movie no you work for hire it's like making hamburgers at mcdonald's and expecting uh a, a nickel. mcdonald's might pay better yeah they might actually pay better but expecting a nickel every time mcdonald's sells a, a quarter pounder you mean they're not entitled to a nickel because i put my own artistic brushwork on that ketchup <laughs> i did i drew a smiley face before i put the <laughs> lid on the bun and i that was my own personal art yeah why wasn't I paid for it? But it's just so, I mean, it really, I, I don't know what to think because I, I love the comics community, but I also know the comics community is very quick to, to get up in arms about things. I think the um, reason people are quiet is because they don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to hear there's no money in this. La, 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 la. Like there's I don't no, want to waste my life. La, 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 because la, 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 la. I remember 25 years ago in a completely different publishing environment that a handful of people made a million dollars a year in comics. And that's still the case now. And that could be me. I'm like, well, it, it could, could happen. Be you. It totally could be you. But it's, it's you know, if you go into it, and then this sort of flies in the face of a previous podcast where we talked about, you know, making sure you get paid for your work. But we're mm -hmm. just saying, like, if you're going to do comics, just realize that you're probably not, even if you're working professionally, you're you're not going to make a ton of money. You really you'll get aren't. paid, but you won't make a lot. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, you would be wise to marry somebody with a six-figure job. Yeah, again, that, <laughs> something else was mentioned in these articles about this too was that a lot of people that are doing comics have spouses that have, make money and that can take care of the household while they are doing comics. Yeah, and we we mentioned that. Unfortunately, that's not the case with us. But no, I mean we're yeah we're this is like all we do. But I mean we we've mentioned this before. Um, but in our case, you know what we have going for us is we don't live in a very expensive area. Mm -mm. You know we don't live in New York, so plus we don't just depend on comics. No, we do other stuff besides comics. Um, in fact, I'll go on record saying is of, of all the stuff that we do, I think comics is the lowest paying thing. That's <laughs> I mean, something else we're talking about too when we're talking about with conventions mm -hmm. and the way conventions are going. I don't know if people are noticing, but it's becoming less and less and less comic centric, and more and more and more pop culture. Yeah, movies, gaming, anime less comics yeah and people complain about that but i think honestly okay you look at the big two and they're being propped up by major corporations i mean well, movie studios yeah movie studios you know disney owns marvel and warner brothers owns dc and from their point of view i mean they gotta be looking at the comics like these are the underperforming you know even though comics publishing is doing better you know, that's 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 relative. It's like it's doing a little bit better. It's like you're still terminally ill, but you're able to get out of bed today, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, comics is doing 
better, but it's never going to reach the the heights that the movies and the video games and everything. And it's sort let's of be honest, most people that are the geeks today don't they're coming in from the movies, from the gaming, from you know that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, not everybody, of course. No, but a lot of them, and a lot of the new readers of comics are coming in. Oh, I saw the movie. I want to read the comic. Well, that's exactly, and that's where it gets really tricky because it's like comics readership is like all over the place. It's like a lot of people are just picking up the Marvel and DC books because they like you know the Marvel Studios movies or they watch Arrow mm-hmm. um, and they expect their comics to be kind of like that or they just want to know more about the history of these characters mm-hmm. and you know what the differences were it's kind of like you know going out and watching the Harry Potter movie then going out and reading the books to see what the differences were well know? something else I was just thinking about when you were talking that might have been a hit to comics too was when they did those collections on disc yeah you know, like for the computer and things. Why would you buy comic books when you could just go buy a collection and disc? You know what I mean? They don't do those. I love those. I, know, I you actually had, had I had a couple of them. Uh, the Spider Man one was great. It was like twenty bucks for like every issue of Spider. Like first five hundred issues of Amazing. But I'm Spider-Man. sure that it kind of affected it at the beginning. Cause I'm thinking back when this all started, and that was kind of the beginning when it all started going really. I think it started you know. to digital. You know, technology I think really disrupted the the whole collector market because it used to be if you wanted to read, you know, the origin story of your favorite superhero, you probably either had to go buy a reprint or go buy one of these hardback collections or, you know, shell out massive money for an original copy of the story. And now it's like, oh, you just go Comicsology and you know, three bucks you can buy the first appearance of you know mm-hmm. Wolverine or whatever. Right, and I, th- I do think you know. I don't know. I think digital is still, you know, a good thing. And I think digital is doing a lot because you don't have nearly the overhead. And a lot of publishers just doing stuff online now and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, DC, I mean, DC has a line of of like digital exclusive comics because they don't have to print them, you know. And it's it's like pure profit. Well, it's not pure profit because you have to pay your creatives. But you have a lot more profit than trying to print and distribute. Right. Especially if it's something that might be a little um, Well, a lot of times they're charging the same rates. Yeah, they they're charging three ninety nine for a book. If that, you would print it, yeah. so they're making a lot more money. You know, like gaming is going to switch now to the new systems. I think are, aren't going to have any physical discs nope. whatsoever. It's going to, but you're going to still pay the same rates. I guarantee it yep. for a game because all that, all that money is going back to you know investors mostly, and then the creatives. So, um, you know, it comes down to the digital is still. I think if you, a lot of people that are listening do digital mm-hmm. comics and you still have a chance because digital is not doing too badly well i think it's it's an equalizer now the, the numbers i was uh, reading they they said that uh you know most of the big publishers they estimate that 10 percent of their revenue comes from digital now but still if they're telling if, the truth well that's <laughs> so. that's the thing too and they're not these publishers are not being very forthcoming with their digital numbers like there are third parties that can verify the diamond numbers there's no third party that can verify the number of downloads. Well, there you go, so, Tom. There should be, you should start this up. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you don't know, like, I would love there to be a top 300 for digital downloads. And I'd love to see how many downloads each book got. But, I mean, the publishers could be going either way. Either they could be like, oh, yeah, we're doing really, really well digi- you know, with digital. Yeah, it's fantastic. Or they could be like, we're doing too good with digital. We don't want people to know how well we're doing with digital because then they're going to start complaining that the digital costs too much. Right. You should you know, be paying less because there's no Right. Rent. Or the creators should be getting more. So we'll just kind of keep it on the hush-hush, you know. So um, I do know a lot of people use Comixology now. And, mm. I mean, people who don't have access to uh, comic shops like us. I mean, we don't live close to a comic shop. I mean, we buy graphic novels through Amazon and, and buy downloads on comics. Or for a comic or convention. Or a convention. I mean, we go to a lot of conventions. So, but we don't have a local comic shop. So for us, it's great. It's like, hey, a new issue of, you know, Gem came out and we can download it that day. You mm-hmm. know, 
And, uh, Which I have. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so you don't have to wait. To, and it's nice, too, because you don't have to worry about bagging it and boarding it and where am I going to put it, you know. But then some people look at it, and I look at this with our son's games, is, but then if you have the physical comic, you have a chance of it, you know, getting recouping your costs, whereas digital... You're never going to recoup your cost because well, yeah, you, can't you can't transfer it. You can't transfer it. But it's it's getting that way with the discs, too. I think it's the Xbox One. That's that what I'm can. saying. For the gaming, too. Yeah. Like, my son, he has a choice between downloads or discs. I'm still like, oh, buy the disc because then you can at least resell it if you get tired of it. They're the same price. Yeah. 40, you pay 40 bucks and you get the disc, which you can turn around and resell for 20 bucks, mm-hmm. Or you pay 40 bucks for the download that you never can transfer and you're out $40 totally. Unless you go to GameStop, they'll give you like a dollar for that $45 game that came out last week. Well, I know. but <laughs> Two bucks. <laughs> while they're in business. But... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's what's going to happen, I think, with with everything. And I mean, we're really going off on a tangent here, but I mean, I think, and we do that often. But yeah. I, I I do think that you know these these secondary markets, the the comic shops that deal mostly in back issues, and um, you know the game stores that deal in you know eventually it'll be vintage game stores. But they're they're going to go under. GameStop's going to go under because if everything is digital, there's there's nothing left to sell. Right. You know. And it's and I mean they're doing it on purpose, so they're the only ones that make money, which I understand. Right. But the flip side is, you know, not everybody can afford that, so you're kind of cut, slashing your audience, maybe. Maybe. But um. But anyway. Anyway, the point of this being, um, you know, we're trying to bring this full circle with the uh, with uh, HBO is the point of it is somebody has to foot the bill. And a lot of times, even with the comics, these corporations are eating the cost of production because Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, well, we'll eat the cost and we'll put the money out there. We'll pay these creators whatever they want because we know we're going to make a movie of this in 10 years. Right. You know, Um, or. Yeah, but the people get mad, though, and they don't get as much as they think they should get is where they run into problems. Yeah. Because, you know, they are putting the bill. Mm. They they have investors. They have, they're eating the cost. And, you know, these creators are like, well, I should deserve, I deserve 100%. Well, why should you get 100% when you didn't, you know, you didn't put the bill? You know, they have to, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, I mean, th- yeah, and that's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother issue. There are, I mean, there's talks about creators' rights, and I think... Which I believe creators have rights. I believe, I totally if believe... if you sign a deal with somebody, you have yeah, to understand how the deal works. I totally agree with creators' rights, but... Um, you know, there's a difference between creators having rights and creators receiving royalties and creators thinking they should own 100% when they didn't actually foot the bill to to um, put the stuff out there. So where I'm going with this is that's why people are getting mad. They're getting mad because it's going to HBO, but it had to go to HBO because HBO is paying for it. The right. people that are complaining were could have had, had many opportunities to donate mm-hmm. to, to PBS, to donate to mm-hmm. keep it on the air, donate to keep it free for their children. Didn't do it. Yep. And now they're complaining because, well, where's my free? I, I know I'll get free in September, but that's not free enough and soon enough for me. I want my free now. Yeah, it's they're not, still getting it It's for not free. fair. It is fair because you had the opportunity to do something about it and make it, keep it free. And what well, wouldn't mm-hmm. been free, but keep it available. Yeah. And you did nothing. Yeah. You're still going to get it free. You just might have to wait a while to get it free. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, that, that goes with, you know, again, with um, the way that a lot of web comics are doing things now with, with mm-hmm. stuff like Patreon, where Which I agree with, I, I totally, and we're probably going to start doing it ourselves, you know, with our, our projects, but it's like, you know, the people who pay for it, get it first. Mm-hmm. And if we feel like serializing it for free later, we'll, we'll do it. You know, it'll mm-hmm. be supported by ads because you're going to watch ads if, if, you know, we have to pay hosting and all of that. Yeah, because it. it's not it's still not free for no, us. That's it. And people don't I, I can't stress this enough and I know we bring it up like every other podcast where we talk about comics and but comics. It's an fiction. issue for a lot of people, not just it's, us. It's never free. Nothing is free. There's no such thing as free content. Okay? If if you're not 
paying for it directly than an advertiser is paying for it or the creator is paying for it out of their own pockets. There is no such thing as free content. Um, and I'm going to go into some people that are out there that are creators too. It's like, you know, you're allowed to be paid for your work. Mm. You know, everybody, I think they have it in their head, well, with webcomic, oh, if I get it established and I get it for free, then I can take it somewhere and get a publishing deal and everything. You know what? We've done this. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you straight up that sometimes that works, but the majority of the time, there, there's other things that come into play that it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah, and sometimes you actually, by giving it away for free, you devalue your work. That's what we found out. Okay, and what happens is people come to, you cultivate an audience that comes to expect everything for free. They complain when you ask to be paid and or you've already had it out there for free for so long that publishers at that point are interested because it's not a new thing. You might have a huge platform, but they're like, it's already out there. We want something new. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't always work the way you want it. And there's nothing wrong with you as a creator saying, I think I should be paid for my time, my work. There is nothing wrong with that. I think the fact that everybody has given away for free so long makes the consumers think that why should we have to pay for this? No one else had to pay for it. I don't care how good it is. You and I'm saying we've trained yeah. them to think it's okay. No, that's exactly it. It's like we've given, yeah. It, and I mean, for a while it worked with ad revenue. But ad revenue is not working. No, and people, I mean, this is even more ballsy. I, I get that ads are annoying, but many websites, many entertainment websites that are providing you with free content. The only way they can stay afloat uh, is to to run ads mm-hmm. on their site. And that's why a lot of them are switching to subscription models because so many people have ad blockers installed because not only are they getting the content for free, but they don't want to be annoyed by the ads that actually pay for the hosting to and pay for the bloggers and pay for all Then they'll other. get mad if you don't update because you can't afford to. Yeah. You know, you jerk. How dare you take away my free? Yeah. And it's just that that, that mindset, and I'm, I'm with Cam on this, and I think more and more people are realizing, like, you know, Content creators, especially digital content creators, have, have done this to themselves. They've they've given away so much for free for so long that they've cultivated this audience that expects it. And this is even in the you know it goes all the way to the mainstream. Everybody expects everything for free. Even mainstream people, they don't give it away for free. Or if no. they do, they'll give away like a few pages for you to look at it for free if you want to buy it. The reason they have money and they get paid is because they demand that they get paid. And there's nothing wrong. It's like I said, being a creator. And, and, and thinking I'm worth something and my stuff has my stuff has value. There's nothing wrong with that. If no matter, I know a lot of webcoms give away for free, and you know, and a lot of people struggle and they eat ramen and everything. Nothing that's wrong with nothing wrong with ramen. I like ramen. I like ramen. Our daughter calls it commoners ramen. <laughs> um, she likes Warren High School Host Club. Anyway, um, there's nothing wrong with giving it for free if that's what you want to do. But remember, you don't don't let you you are worth it. You are worth your work is worth money. Your time yeah. is worth money. I mean, you, you know? get you get paid. You know, working at, at freaking McDonald's, you know, and it's it's kind of sad because I'm looking at I mean, I'm looking at this, and, you know, speaking of McDonald's, I'm looking at the situation with the, the page rates, you know, for comics even. And it's almost like, you know, these rates. Oh, yeah, this will work. You know, so long as your spouse has a job or so long as you're living at home or so long as you live in a lower income area, you know, you can maybe possibly make. A living off of this and it sort of reminds me of like when mcdonald's put those little brochures out for oh, their yes. employees that like you know if you get assistance and work a second job you actually you know we pay you a living wage yeah <laughs> well i mean i think the problem with i i think there's just too much is no, what, exactly it. is that's why exactly no it. one's making a living because back in the day when people made livings you didn't have all the digital things you didn't have as many print books nope and and you could there was fewer people so the money was good to those people and there's just too many people now. Well, that's why I mean to be completely honest, even with with publishing, 
uh, that's why on some level gatekeepers were a very good thing because mm-hmm. they were very selective about what was released to the public uh, they often didn't cannibalize their own sales they wouldn't put too many of the same kind of book out you know for example now there was a complaint on some of the comics boards now about just the or no it was on Twitter uh, I believe it was a comic shop in Ireland was complaining the other day about just the sheer amount of books that these publishers are putting out and that there is entirely too much. I'm like, these comics are four bucks each. When I was a kid, you know, I used to buy comics 75 cents a dollar and I could pick up like 10 books. You know, right, but they're talking more about the fact that every book has like ten variant covers. Right. Well not just no, just the, the amount of titles. I mean there's well, that's true too. like Marvel they said they're releasing, you know, like like a dozen titles on one day and like new titles, yes. expecting people to go buy them. And I think from their point of view, you know, from the corporate point of view, it's probably like, well, the more IP we have out there, the more we have to pull from to create stuff that actually pays. So we'll take a loss now and put this stuff out there. And and it's it's almost like, you know, comics. I love comics. I love the comic industry. But I, I, I really think there needs to be some perspective as to where comics really are on the geek totem pole now. Mm-hmm. And it's not as high up as you think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are... You're below movies, you're below video games, you're below, I mean, it's basically the comics kind of exist now to to hopefully generate some kind of an idea that will become a bigger thing that makes money. It's almost mm-hmm. like these companies are taking a loss publishing these books just to, you know, make money later. And again, that's who's going to pay for it. And they're looking at it from a business perspective, you know, who will, you know, pay for this. And Which just goes back to the HBO thing. Right. Where, you know, they, they, they are making, PBS is making Sesame Street, and Sesame Street, you know, has its own, you know, organization and all that. They had to go where they could get paid. Yeah. And it sucks because some people are really upset about it, and I really do understand why they're upset. Yep. Because, uh, you know, it, it, my kids were really in Sesame Street, and I couldn't afford, you know, HBO, and I couldn't afford, you know, preschools or things like that. Sesame Street really is, I mm-hmm. mean, as a teacher, Sesame Street's really great. And I would be upset if my kids couldn't get to see the new ones either. However, I also understand that they're a business. And, and then in order to keep making episodes that my kids will get to see for free eventually, mm-hmm. they have to be paid and have someone to be their sugar daddy to keep them going. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's the same with, with um, you know, a lot of, you know, comics and graphic novels. I mean, it's like, you know, the reason some publishers take a chance on graphic novels is because other books sell much better. And they're hoping, you know, they kind of work graphic novels in there. But it's, I mean, frankly, for most, like, traditional print publishers, graphic novels are not a priority, you know. Um, they're hoping they'll get lucky and, and have a breakout hit or something. But it's everything else is basically paying for the privilege of having graphic novels mm-hmm. picked up. And that, I mean, it's really kind of, it sounds crappy when you say it, but you look at the numbers and you realize that in the grand scheme of all things entertainment, comics and graphic novels are, are pretty close to the bottom. So the question is, what, if anything, can be done to change it? I think with, with comics, I mean, the, the you know, with digital comics, um, that opens comics up to a whole another audience, a large audience of people who are already reading ebooks and downloading music. Uh, and I think you're going to see that digital comics buyers are probably a, a very different uh, group of people than the people who buy the comics from the, the local comic book shop. Mm. Um, you know, they just have to know that you can buy comics digitally. I, I, I think, I think honestly, I think Amazon buying Comicsology is one of the best 
things that could have happened because they're eventually... For those who are in Comixology. So. Yeah, but I think I think because they're sort of, you know, tying Amazon and Comixology together. But again, you're always going to run into the problem of there being so much stuff out there. So you're going to have right. to really again, up your Right, again, same game. thing, yeah. Because that's what I think happened now is there's too much competition mm-hmm. and it's so same amount of money or a little more money being spread out over way more. Yeah, and, and we made the joke before and... and, and uh, you know, for those of you who didn't hear that the podcast on on web comics and, and money a couple of years ago, um, you know, it was a Garrison Keeler from uh, Prairie Home Companion, and he joked that in the future authors will all make seventeen dollars a year and mm-hmm. it'll all be purchases from their friends and family, and because there are going to be so many authors mm-hmm. out there, because anybody can do it, and that's sort of the the double edged sword I think of the internet is anybody can put their stuff out there and get paid for it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you're going to have any group of people that make a considerable amount of money off of it um you know so, so. i think spreading the word about yeah comics is one way doing something about it i really don't know <laughs> i mean i think i think not putting all your eggs into the comic basket yeah that's that's key i think is is not just depending on comics for a living because a lot of people who are successful creators you know they, they do many things and or their spouses have jobs or they have jobs a yeah, lot of so creators have really good jobs yeah, on top mar- of doing comics marry well and don't hate your day job because it might be the only thing letting you do comics honestly because you wouldn't be able to do it otherwise mm-hmm. so yeah okay. anything else you want to talk about i don't think so no, i think no more elmo jabs to get in there no <laughs> there's elmo's been jabbed enough um yeah. i think <laughs> i think you know the end of the day just as as fans or consumers of of things uh, just remember, you know, whatever it is that you're into, it, you know, the next time you're going to complain about a show being taken off the air or maybe, you know, a series not getting a full order of episodes. I'm thinking like Doctor Who, you know, mm-hmm. just remember somebody someplace has to pay for that entertainment and you're not entitled to it. Mm-hmm. So just remember that, you know, all these decisions, you may disagree with them, but there's probably a business decision. It's usually it. some kind of money or business related. It's not just because they hate you, you know. <laughs> Well, in my case, it might be. No, I'm just no, kidding. But I mean, seriously, it's like, I mean, these corporations are not, you know, taking your entertainment from you or putting it behind a paywall out of spite. Well, no, because it doesn't do them any no. good. And, 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 you know, that's bad PR, you know, towards them and they don't want that either. Yeah. But uh, there are reasons for it. So just try to think, try to think like a business person. When you yeah. Re- number one recommendation we keep telling people <laughs> is, you know, learn business. Yeah. Yep. And I guess that is it for this episode of Clownfish Radio. Subscribe. Yeah, I almost said Shabbat. You almost I know. Said almost said yeah. the Shabbat's podcast. Shabbat's podcast is dead. No, it's still on there. It's dead to us. Yeah, all the episodes are still archived. But uh, it's still us. It's just we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things. So um, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. We'd love to hear from you if you've got good things to say. You can contact us through the Shadowbinders website. <laughs> you got good things to say. For now. You don't want to hear it if it's bad. <laughs> so, Tom's fragile ego can't take it. Until next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>